Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die, CFML News Edition, and it is October 27th. 2021 it's a special wednesday episode because we had a few things pop up yesterday we just couldn't get the episode out so we apologize but we're glad to have everyone who joined us today uh brad thanks for joining me weird day but you're here still i'm wishing i'd worn a halloween costume or something i feel like this is a bit of a missed opportunity right now i know i should have worn my harry potter one but i got my hectoberfish shirt on this is the 2020 (laughs) version so uh, at least I'm nice. supporting some of that. And I got my fourth pull request in. So, yay, I get a free t-shirt. So I can add to my collection. Excellent. Although I have way too many t-shirts. I went through my closet last night, and I'm going to give away, like, 15 tech shirts because they don't fit, or I've got way too many. But long story short, so enough shirts. So maybe I should plant a tree. I guess we'll you see. Sound, you sound like my wife. She complains about all the tech shirts that I have. <laughs> oh, I have 30 just tech shirts. Like and I'm, I'm sure I've got that many. Yeah, and that's not including all the polos I have for orders too. So, anyways, none of my well, order shirts fit anymore. Well, I think I've got I think I've gotten fatter. Okay, well I'll send you some of mine because I've got a whole <laughs> ton in that bag ready to go. So, and some of them are J Frog shirts, Brad. I got some J Frog shirts, some good ones. I I like the J Frog shirts almost as much as my my daughter does who steals them all from me. Yeah, these ones are bigger though, so maybe they'll fit you and they won't fit her. Anyway, so thanks to our sponsor, Auto Solutions. Without them, we wouldn't be here, and the podcast wouldn't be here either. Uh, they're the makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and a lot of awesome boxes out there. So if you want to say thank you to Autos for making these things possible, like and subscribe to YouTube videos, sign up for a free or paid account on CFCast, and uh, also we have an Autos book, 102 Cold Box HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks. It's up on Gunrobe. And Brad, your quick... 103 quick tips on command box has got tip one right because you did your tweet the other day so one sure, down 102 to go <laughs> yeah yeah so, so we got one saved let's get some more out there and we'll have another book for brad before christmas that's your goal he's like what uh yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> anyway so our other supporters are our patreon supporters so we have 37 brad can you believe it that's awesome i never would have thought we'd have 37 patreon supporters back when we first um sort of doing patreon that's awesome yeah i mean they, they provide 93 percent of the funding for this podcast we did hit that 100 percent for a short time but we, we dropped down a little bit but still 93 percent of this podcast is funded by you individually putting your hard-earned money on the line and obviously that helps orders put its money from the podcast to other orders community efforts so we thank each one of you and we'll tell you a little bit more about who they are at the end of the show we don't know it was hard earned. I mean, we got some shady people out there. They may have stolen some of it, but oh, if any of you guys robbed a bank to, to fund our Patreon, just don't tell us, okay? Yep. <laughs> Ignorance will be bliss. Yep. Okay. So, news and events, Brad. First up, we have Preside version 10.16.0 is out. So, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see them doing so well. Uh, they're built on top of Coldbox. They do great work, but it's their own CMS, and uh, they're really hitting some real market uh you know niches over there so they're really specializing in membership stuff from what i re- what i remember so yeah version- they've got a lot of cool stuff i see they even have a, a contribution list i recognize a couple names on here seb duggan and uh chris schmitz all contributed to this version it's nice Yep. So they have a video, release notes, and documentation links that we'll share with you guys. And uh, yeah, go check that out. And they've got some pretty cool tools. And even if you're not using Preside, we could probably use them for some of your other apps too. Uh, Their releases get videos. Yes, Brad. Content Box doesn't have a video when it releases. Luis, uh, Luis did three webinars around Content Box's release. I think that counts. <laughs> but yes, we should do more. Always wow, more. it's a 13 minute video. I must go through all the new features. Yeah, pretty cool. So next up, we have uh, an online CF meetup scheduled, the first one since June. And you want to tell us about that one, Brad, since you're the one going to be giving it. I could if I close this Preside video that I'm staring at muted in one of my tabs. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, this thing. This is tomorrow, isn't it? I think so. I should prepare for that. 
Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing an online Cold Fusion uh, user group meetup thing. Uh, so many words we can throw into that for uh, for Charlie Earhart uh, called "Using Launch Darkly for Future Flag Management in Cold Fusion Applications." So um, anyway, uh, Ben Nadell has blogged and talked a lot about Launch Darkly, um, which is a library that helps you manage feature flags, turning features on and off, controlling how features work. Um, and uh, he got a uh, Mary Jo Schminkley works for CF Web Tools, um, interested in it. And so she had a client that wanted to use it. So they hired Ortis. And by they, I mean, I mean, Mary Jo and, and her, her client um, to write an SDK, a ColdFusion SDK for LaunchDarkly. She didn't have to just use the Java SDK directly. And we have a lot of really nice tie-ins with the, you know, the Java Lambda where you can just pass a closure uh, in CFML and it translates it all. We do all the Java casting for you. Um, so I wrote the, I wrote the LaunchDarkly SDK um, and I, I always kind of thought a library to manage feature flags was a little lame, like I said on Twitter, um, because, you know, feature flags, I figured it's like a Boolean, right? True, false, is the feature on or off? Like, I can do that with the cold box setting. But while writing the SDK for Lunch Darkly, I found that it does a lot more than just turning stuff on and off. Um, I sent some more tweets this last week of stuff I'll be demoing. Um, the Lunch Darkly people were very kind enough to extend my trial and give me some extra enterprise features to be able to test against. Um, but yeah, you can do like percentage-based rollouts of features and it's not just on off. You can have five or six different variations and then you can do these like user metrics where you track conversions or you track anything you want, like number of items in the cart, how long the user is on the website, whatever you want to track. And then LaunchDarkly will gather all that stuff up and it'll let you run an experiment. You have like five variations and it'll show you which variation performed the best, like what users that received that variation, you know, spent more money in the cart. There's a whole bunch of really cool kind of business intelligence stuff they do with the data on top of just toggle the feature on and off. Um, and, it's, and it's not even all just Boolean. You know, you can have feature flags that are JSON, you have feature flags that are strings. So anyway, um, I... I I wrapped up a little demonstration for the Ortis team the other day in one of our internal meetings just to show them the SDK. And then as I, I've done before, um, I thought, you know what, this would be a, a quick and easy little demonstration for the online ColdFusion user group. And it's not even really related to Coldbox because I wrote the SDK so it can work as a Coldbox module or as a completely standalone drop it in your legacy application works just as fine there as well. So anyway, that's, that's basically what we're gonna be doing. Um, I think I'll actually, I might focus a bit more on some of the more kind of cool stuff LaunchDarkly does. Because I think everybody kind of gets the idea that you push a button, the feature turns on, you push the button, the feature turns off. Like, we well, get it, right? That's yeah. what everybody, at least that's what I understood feature flag management to be, which is why I thought it was kind of boring. Um, but there's a lot more that's actually pretty darn cool. And, and I, I've only probably touched half of the features they have. You can, you can like export your data out to like AWS. Um, oh, what's their... The uh, big data PubSub. stuff? No, they're PubSub, uh, message queue implementation. Uh, SMS, but, SQS. Yeah, yeah. in uh, Azure, you, you can like send the raw data of everything your users are doing out to there. It, it, they have a lot of cool integrations. Um, so anyway, that's that's basically what that is, is uh, all the stuff that LaunchDarkly does that I never had any clue. It was that, you know, I don't want to say complicated, but that robust of a, yeah. of a product is well, pretty neat. Now, I mean, basically, that's what some of our clients have us do. I mean, we have some clients that we do Nginx rules for all this, you know, split launch and, you know, they do A-B testing and everything else. And it sounds like yep. they thought, oh, we can do that, build into this product, do the, you know, the feature flag stuff. And it's a whole marketing suite. So this is something perfect for a business manager, a marketing manager to be able to use. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. The kind of features that I found when I dug into large, launch darkly is stuff that, I think your typical like business kind of guy, business analyst, whatever would be like, Ooh, I want that. You know, cause it's one thing to turn the feature on and be like, Oh crap, it's broken. Turn it off. It's another thing to turn on five variations of feature and then track how your users respond and which version of the feature, which variation produces, you know, the most uh, income, you know, revenue in your shopping cart. Um, and that's really where we're launched Darkly's uh, feature set, in my opinion, kind of sits. I mean, obviously you can turn stuff on and off, but they yeah. have a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, like graphs and everything. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, obviously you'll show people how, how it works, but that part, like I said, is just a small piece of what, what it does. And you can go into more detail. Right. Charlie just said, I, hope you show those, you know, the start for <laughs> those people who don't well, know anything. But. Yeah. I mean, I won't skip it. I, just, I think I'll, I'll kind of 
spend a bit less time on that. And I do have a, a source or a demo demonstration repository on GitHub. Um, it's the one I initially did internally and uh, I have it stuck out there and I'll, I'll be using that. And I also have it set up now. So even if you don't have a launch darkly account, uh, you don't have a that. trial, you're not paying, you can, uh, I have it set up. So it will use just test data. Um, so you can still kind of get the idea of how it works. It's all based on a JSON file, That's um, cool. which makes makes the demo infinitely more interesting for people who don't already have a launch darkly account they're paying for. So, yeah, but you did get a trial, right? So if somebody wants to test it, they can sign up for a trial as well. You can, you can. And that's that's literally what I did when I developed the SDK is I went and just signed up for a 14 day trial. And then I created my feature flags. I, you know, started writing the SDK and integrating with that. Um, but um, they they have, it, I mean, it, the whole thing's an as a service setup, but their pricing is like a, a kind of a, a big slider. It's like, tell us how many logins you're gonna need. Tell us how many features you're gonna need. Tell us how many experiments you're gonna wanna run. And you can kind of pay all a cart for a lot of that stuff. So I don't know what their enterprise pricing costs because it's a, it's a call us kind of thing, yeah, which means if you, have to, if you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. Um, but if you have one of their smaller accounts, which start at like eight bucks a month, um, you can like, you know, add in kind of all the cart things and just pay for it as you go, which is a nice, a nice benefit to their feature plan because, you know, a lot of people aren't going to want to, you know, fork over big bucks if they're not a big company. Um, yeah. but anyway, that's, that's cool. for launch directly to figure out, but it'll be fun. And that'll be tomorrow, uh, <clears throat> morning at, uh, 11 AM central time, I believe. I think it's noon Eastern time on the online, uh, cold fusion user group. Yeah, so 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time for me. So, yeah, 11 Central. Yep. I'll have to tune into that when I miss the internal one. So I will have to tune into Oh, man, you out. missed the internal one? Ugh, I, 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 gave away you guys didn't free, I gave away it. a free car. I, know. I gave away a free car to everybody that was there. I was like, you get a car and you get a car. And then you weren't even there for it. Nope, I wasn't. It's too sad. <laughs> and they didn't record that one. The one time the recording didn't work. Uh, well, I blame Jorge. He was in charge of it. Yep. Throw him under the bus. I will. Okay, next up, uh, we have a, an Adobe workshop. So there's a Col Adobe Cold Fusion workshop. It's free registration. It's a one-day workshop, and it's in uh, European time, so Central European time. Um, so it's a 9 till 4.30, and then they also have this late, so I guess that's just the other time zone. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, so basically it's a full workshop, and it does go through most of the stuff, very similar to what you would get if you went to the the certification training from what charlie said we don't know exactly but uh it does uh does help uh cover a lot of things there's a lot of stuff in the agenda and it's free and so if you're in the european time zone or you want to make it work um a lot of cool stuff and looks to be good for anyone just starting too so it goes from like creating arrays and empty items and arrays and you know all that stuff so there's a lot of different pieces so it'd be kind of cool to to go do if you got a new person so scott for your newbie maybe send him to that he can wake up early but uh so that's a the workshop there so sign up for that that is november 10th uh wednesday november the 10th and remember it's central european time and that's with damien bruins i don't know how you say it i'm sorry but i'll send the link for that in the chat so you guys can sign up for that if you need to and then we had a couple of things we just want to cover just in case you missed it. It's been a couple of weeks, so um, we wanted to let you guys know. All the into the box videos are online. They've been online for a couple of weeks now on CFCast, so go check that out. If you uh, attended, either online or in person, um, you should be able to get um, access to that. You should have got an email. If you didn't get an email, let us know um, at cfcast.com slash support and we'll get that to you ASAP. And if you're already a paid subscriber, you get all those videos included in your subscription. So check that out. And then uh, last week I had a webinar. Did you actually attend that one, Brad? I called you out a few times. I saw you were responding, but I wasn't sure if it was you or a robot. No, I was there. I was working on some other stuff, but I had your webinar up in the corner. I was kind of listening to it, keeping an eye on the chat. It was good. So yeah, so I did the, the building quick APIs, the extended version. So instead of about 45 minutes, I went for about an hour and 10 minutes. So a lot more content in there. Uh, I went over things like, you know, using formatting and linting as well. And, you know, of course there's always more. So I think, uh, if, if you guys want to check that video out, it should be up on CFCast later this week, but, um, we're also going to do a CFCast series, basically building on that. 
but instead of me highlighting everything quickly and showing you stuff, I'm actually going to record it as I build it. And we're not going to be building the same quick API. We're going to build a new one, something different, and you'll have to Ooh, wait and see what that is. Something special for CFCast subscribers, eh? Yep, and uh, <laughs> I think it'll be pretty neat. So it'll be going like you know, sort of full, full circle, creating the database and then the quick entities, and then building the API and even some of the apps. So basically, like a this is how we build an app from the ground up, all the different pieces, this showing you how to how set up. We build it. You know, show you how to set up CF Docs and that the formatting and the. I'll have to get you to do that, Brad. Yeah, that should totally be your theme song. But I think ah, this is how we build it. You know, that's what we need to do for our for our into the box next year. We should do like intro videos, like the wrestlers do on WWE. You know, so choose your music, <laughs> but we can have like you know parody we, versions. <laughs> we'd we'd need to redo the intros to be a bit more hype. You know, and now hailing from Auckland, New Zealand, Gavin Becky. You know, and you come out with like a flag draped over your shoulders fist pumping in the air well that would be awesome. we could do that if we're gonna put the music up and stuff do some pre-production anyway squirrel <laughs> so what happens you get <laughs> we'll we'll discuss it internally is what we're saying yeah yeah <clears throat> but anyway so that uh that video should be up on cfcast uh very soon um so so you know what's coming to a close the people need to get their their booties and gear it's Hacktoberfest, Gavin. You got your Hacktoberfest shirt that you're rocking. All yep. I have is an Adobe Flex shirt, so I'm I'm handling old technologies this morning. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, the end of the month is coming up. If you're going to get your uh, your free T-shirt or your plant a tree, you got to get those four pull requests in uh, in October. Yeah, I Oktoberfest. I got my four in. I did a couple on um, quick documentation. I did one on Cobox documentation. I actually did a pull request to Cobox for something else. So I did my four. But yeah, um, I, I I've seen a nice little spike in pull requests um, in the documentation that I managed, and even Command Box had a little handful of pull requests. So uh, this is it's nice. Helps uh, helps encourage people to get around to doing those pulls they've been thinking about. Well, we should do like a, fact, I, an autostober or another time of the year we do like some special event too because we got a bunch of order shirts and stuff we could give out and some swag, you know, like I think it'd be kind of cool, especially in those downtimes where there's not as much going on, you know. You know no one does any work me, Christmas. So I think it was a Daniel. Somebody sent me a pull request to, um, I think, the Launch Darkly repository. Oh really? And it just occurred to me. I don't know if I have that tagged uh, with the Hacktoberfest Go tag, um, tag. Let me look. Yeah, Daniel Garcia. And let me make sure I have the Hacktoberfest tag on there. Yeah, eleven tags. What? No, not tags. Not like Git tags. I always, I always kind of hate GitHub's interface in adding. Here we go. No, I don't. Oh, they think they call them topics. Oh. There we go. Hack Oktoberfest. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the Hacktoberfest uh, topic on there. Well, if you put it on there, like I had one that wasn't tagged when I first made it, but then I went and got it added, and then it showed up. So it showed that there yeah, was one yeah. that was missing it. You know, so it should show up on your on your list still. So yep, that's pretty Here cool. Here we go. Dude. Any more pull requests you want to send to a launch darkly SDK? You got like what four days to do it. Yep, and same thing on my quick API uh, repo that I put out for my thing last week. If you see where anything that needed changing or updating or tweaking, you know, like make a pull request. I'll try and jump on it. So I'm even going to add the tag to my little uh, launch darkly demo that I'll be using tomorrow in case somebody wants to send me a pull to that. Yep. Boom. Add it everywhere. Sounds good. Okay, let's get on with the next thing here. So next thing up is CFCast. So this week we had more up and coming, up and running with Quick. So we have testing with Quick and then step eleven exercise. So we're down to like the last couple of weeks of this Quick uh, workshop. I think we have thirteen exercises in total. So a few more weeks and we'll be uh, finishing that up. So expect more of that this week and also expect the um, the building Quick APIs. Um, webinar that i did so those two should be coming up this week for you and then like i said we're planning our next set of uh our next set of topics so i've got a a big series i want to work on so hopefully i can discuss that at our next internal meeting and figure out what exactly it's going to be i've got two big ideas for it so 
we'll see which one they uh, want me to chase down. But um, in the box team, we had some people giving me some feedback and stuff. And, you know, Vil had a whole bunch of suggestions on things that he wants more detail on. You know, a lot of things he's fixed or solved one way. He's like, I wonder how an autist person would solve it. So that kind of might be kind of cool. So, but yeah, quick um, stuff is up there. And if you go to cfcast.com, remember a lot of these videos are free so sign up for a free account and uh, you can get a lot of great content there and then uh, if you get a paid subscription you get access to everything okay conferences and training we have a lot of conferences coming up brad i don't know if you noticed but there's a lot we do so not all of them are cold fusion related but these are something that you may find you know relevant so so first up we have microsoft ignite november 2nd through the 4th and it says opportunity awaits with dedicated content spotlighting Microsoft business applications and Microsoft security. So that looks to be a, a little higher level than just, you know, .NET stuff. So it might apply to you guys. And then uh, the next one up, we have one by DigitalOcean, right, Brad? We do, at least according to these show notes, we do. It's deployed by DigitalOcean, <clears throat> the virtual conference for global development teams, or so they say. Yep. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at this one yet. What kind of topics do they have? Uh, a lot of good stuff. Let me share my screen for those watching. Um, so, yeah, so we'll look at the agenda here. But, um, you know, the normal stuff, it's looking at containers and, <coughs> and, and different things. Kubernetes, um, virtual classroom, a scalable virtual classroom. That's interesting. They're using mm, big blue button. But, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so scaling deployments, Kubernetes, more Kubernetes, blockchain. Ooh, you want to get our blockchain in. Um, so yeah, the what cloud is cloud native business. So DigitalOcean has a small business um, set up here. So they've got a lot of things. So, and then closing. And then the thing is, uh, basically the Americas are on the 16th. And then on the 17th is based, I think it's replayed because it's, you know, just not all of it, but most of them are, you know. Oh, is that where I keep seeing the Americas on these titles? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was like literally the name of the keynote at first. Like the keynote was called the Americas. I'm like, well, that seems kind of exclusive <laughs> to yeah. a certain part of the world. Oh, that's just when they broadcast it to the Americas. Yeah. So it's, I think a lot of the stuff is just rebroadcast. Not everything, <clears throat> but some of it. So, but that is uh, free and available uh, online. So deploy.digitalocean.com for that one. They certainly get all the buzzwords covered in there. Well, a lot of Kubernetes buzzwords for sure. Well, yeah, I was sad. There's nothing on Docker Swarm. I searched the, the agenda on it. Yep. And then next up, remember AWS reInvent last year? Wasn't that like 25 days long or something stupid? It was know. It was super long. And so this year, it's back to its normal three days in person in Las Vegas. If you they're want to, in person? Yeah, so they're in person for like $17.99, which is cheaper another than... Another tech conference that's not into the box that's in person? Yep. Holy cow, $17.99. Yeah. And that's th- not $17.99. That's no. $1,799. I actually think it's usually closer to $5,000. I mean, they usually have like six to 10,000 people. It's not cheap. Uh, they like themselves some conference. I guess we're spoiled by Adobe, who heavily subsidizes the cost of their Las Vegas yeah. conference. But and they also have like five to 10,000 people that reinvent it. It's ridiculous. It's huge. But if you want to attend virtually, it's free this year, which is kind of nice because it's an awesome conference with a lot of deep, deep um, topics. So AWS Summit is kind of like intros to like what is this and what is S3 and what is, you know, SQS. But reinvent, they dive a lot deeper. So you get a lot of real detailed information there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. I like that. The kind of like what is stuff and then the I already know this and I use it, but I want to learn more stuff. Yep. And that one because, is I mean, basically that's- that. Yeah, that's always like a really difficult thing, even within the box, right? Is like, do we do a bunch of starter things on what is cold box, what is log box? Because some people want that. Or do we do, you know, diving deep into cold box and log box, which some people really want that. It's difficult to, to get the gamut. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, like, I know Brian Class, obviously, he's there every year because he's the AWS guru um, for confusion <laughs> and so he's always there and you know i've talked to him quite a lot about it uh, he says it's amazing but yeah i don't know if you know how many are going to join but if you can't make it they do have that option 
So, well, now that there's people having big conferences back in Vegas, I want to know what Adobe's excuse is for not being in person. Come on, Adobe. Actually, honestly, everybody's probably booked out for 20 years. Well, that's actually what <laughs> someone did ask that they were trying to book for later in the yeah. year. And they're like, there's no way in how you're going to get a booking this year. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, because usually they already have those things booked. Yeah, um, a year in advance. You, yeah, at least a year, if not more in advance. So, yeah. Well, hopefully for next year. Yep. Uh, we have Postgres Build as well. So we have the online free conference. Um, that's the 30th through the, the 1st of December. And I'm actually excited about this because I'm starting to use Postgres more. And I know Scott Steinbeck loves his Postgres. He did a session on it. Um, but yeah, yeah Postgres I, Build. I saw Scott's uh, into the box session on Postgres. Yep. So, so what is with the word build? What's the meaning of the word build? Are we building Postgres? Are we building things with Postgres? I think it's you're building stuff with Postgres. Let's look at the site for those watching. Postgres for builders, creators, and innovators. Yeah, we invite Postgres community members and enterprise to join us at Postgres Build, the annual conference for Postgres users in Europe. So it's in Europe, but we can watch it uh, here, obviously. But yeah, so two, two days of sessions, including Postgres use cases, cloud, Kubernetes, you know, tools, features, enterprise, and all that stuff. And you can actually watch the last year. In with the Kubernetes. You can watch 2020's talks right here. So there's some uh, on demand. So if you want to see, check out uh, last year's, you can check out all those. And I'm actually wanting the, to do that. So. Got the agenda here. It's all kinds of stuff. Slow yeah. things down to make them go faster. That's one of their, their topics. Deploying battle-hardened Postgres configurations and architecture at scale. That sounds good. Interesting. <laughs> Fix your yeah. strings. I'm really curious what that one's about. <laughs> yeah, probably um, case-insensitive stuff. There's... You've got lesser-known features of Postgres. That sounds like a, a hidden gems talk. They stole yep. that from Charlie. Yep. Okay. Nice. Well, we also have... A big announcement into the box LATAM is going forward. So for those you can read Spanish, you can see it's December 2nd and 3rd this year, 2021. It's going to be virtual and free. So you can register now. Um, and a lot of the content will be obviously in Spanish, but there will probably be some English stuff too, maybe with some subtitles for those Spanish speakers. So uh, it's going to be online, virtual, free. Definitely want to check that out. So Brad, are you going to polish up your spanish a little bit your spanglish and try and uh, make it work if they need me to so just to confirm into the box latam is not in person this year no it's not interesting i thought they were aiming for that to be in person yeah Maybe i think I, I think the delta made uh el salvador a little more uh hard to get delta, in and out of yeah. delta airlines yep exactly uh, the Delta variant put the numbers up a little bit. So travels a little more tricky. So trying to be safe. Right. So, but yeah, so it's going to be virtual December 2nd and 3rd. Uh, you can go to letam.intothebox.org for more information and we'll be posting all the speakers soon. Oh, more conferences. So Adobe CF Summit 2021, which is online and virtual and free. Uh, we also have some more information about that. Um, Mark Takata finally let out the, the keynote speaker. So he's been teasing us for a while. And on Twitter the other day, he said um, he's going to finally announced it. And it's going to be Ashley McInara. Uh, I've forgotten how to say it already. Let me show you the tweet so you can read it for yourself. Or Brad, you want to try? Uh, what you said was what I was going to say. Ashley so, McNamara. Yeah. So if you guys want to go to cfsummit.vortex.com. I always forget. Yeah. V, vconfix, sorry.com. You can check that out. And so you can sign up for that. It's free and all the speakers are on the site. Uh, all the sessions are listed now. So we're ready for you know, a big conference coming up December 7th and 8th. Oh, it's funny. That's not even her name. Her Twitter profile is Ashley Willis. Maybe it's a married name. She says she's the director of DevRel, which is developer relations at Microsoft Azure. Yep. Nice. But she's a, a Golang expert. She's a Google Dev expert. Um, so, yeah. So if you go to ashley.dev, I think you have her website and you can find out more about her. But 
apparently a lot of people uh, know who she is and everything, but she's a globally recognized speaker. So yeah, she's dedicated her career to work with open source communities. So pretty cool. So she's going to be the keynote speaker. So it's not going to be some Adobe uh, corporate person, you know, something different. I, I like it when they bring in different people to keynote it kind of gives a different perspective and, you know, some interesting things. Um, Adobe. Well, so in years past, like day one, Adobe would do their own keynote and they would have someone like, you know, Tritib would talk about the future of Cold Fusion. And then day two keynote would usually be like, you know, just a person, like a, a, you know, a speaker that would, you know, talk more generically about stuff. So I'm curious, are they still having like an Adobe keynote and she's just like day two or? I don't know. Not sure. But I haven't looked that closely at this the schedule to see. Yeah, not sure. By the way, it should be uh, it should be very good. So Yeah, that's cool. Like I say, I mean, I like to get different feedback and it's you know sometimes you can really get a good session. I think Mura had a really good uh Muricon a few years back. I went in twenty eighteen and they had a pretty good speaker. Um well they had um they had the Docker guru from um, you know, you know, basically everybody has learned everything from those Docker mastery courses with Brett Fisher and he was there. And they also had another guy who mm. was a communications person. They did it like a keynote thing as well. So it was, it was just kind of different, you know, they were outside the, the, the realm of normal stuff, but it was just, it was kind of cool. Yeah. But next up we have JConf. So a community Java conference is coming virtually. They were going to be in Chicago, but they've changed it online as well because of uh, Delta. But um, yeah, Deep Dish Java is what they're calling it. <laughs> deep Dish Java. You know what? My wife is a huge fan of Deep Dish, like Chicago-style pizza. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a lot of sessions, a lot of tracks. So uh, a lot of good content in here. So if you're looking for some extra Java stuff, check it out. And again, that one is going to be um, December 9th. Oh, they've got a uh, George Adams from the Eclipse Adoptium, which is formerly known as Adopt Open JDK. Very cool. I'll say, like, I recognized his picture as I was scrolling, and it's because he's on the Slack team that I'm in. So, that's, I mean, it makes sense. Let's see if I recognize anybody else here. Oh wow! Um, I just actually have some some bad news here for those what? who may not have heard. Trid passed uh, passed away a year ago. Yeah, uh, Bray Chattery did pass away. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. No news. So, yeah, he was the yeah, senior was director after, of products. It was after he had he had stepped down from his position at a at Adobe, if I recall. Okay. Um, I saw it on Facebook because I have a few of the um, a few of the engineering team as friends on Facebook, and they posted about it. And yeah, but it is very sad. Yeah, I didn't know he'd passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. So, I wasn't knocking uh, so, his keynotes. Simon Ritter is another name I recognize. This could be a JCOMP. So funny is he's a, he's also affiliated with um, with the Adopt Open JDK, but it doesn't mention it here in his profile. Hmm. Now, if you want more Gosh, conferences, well, there's a bazillion of them up on text.conf. And uh, I found a couple of these ones that we talked about today on here. But as you can see, just in October, just the last few days of October, there's like 20. And then November has a lot of conferences it's probably like 50 or 60 conferences in november alone so you're looking for something there's something there for you and then in december there's even more so uh, we'll get to those uh, in the next couple of weeks but but yeah a lot of a lot of good conferences there if you're wanting to fill the gaps in there especially if you've got some vacation days and you're like us and you can't do anything but work um, you can watch some of those too take vacation just so you can listen to conferences hey that works <laughs> All right, let's talk about these blogs, tweets, and videos. What we got? Yep. Well, we got a Benadale special this week, so he's mm. uh, he's been busy. Well, it's been two weeks since we had our last episode, actually, so give him even more time. But as usual, Ben delivers quality content. So first up, uh, this is just something that he said that he picked up a few years ago, and some people don't realize this, but you can read environment variables from the server scope in Lucy. And you can do this in ColdFusion too, right? It's just a different key? No, it's compatible, I, I recall. I believe, okay. yeah. So so Adobe ColdFusion added this in 2021. And okay. Lucy added it in like 5.2 or something, 5.1. Um, it actually doesn't appear that he mentions it. But 
unless I, I just haven't read the whole thing. Uh, you can do, read two things. You can read Java system properties as well as uh, the environment variables from you know the process that's running Java. And so it's like server.system.properties and server.system.environment, um, which is just a handy workaround for, you used to have to create the Java link system class and call a, a static method on there to get them. Um, we we have a similar version of his little UDF that we've done in our client code. I think I may have written it. I'm not sure. Um, but ours is, is a little bit different than what uh, Ben showed. It'll usually look, this, you know, you, you give it a name and say, load this, you know, the setting. And it'll look in the properties first to see if it exists there. If it doesn't, it'll fault back to the environment, see if it exists there. Then it'll fault back to the fault value. Um, it looks like he only has it, his version looking in the environment. But the... Sometimes people kind of mix and match whether they mm -hmm. they supply things as, as system properties, which you as the JVM args those dash uppercase D those are those show up as system properties. Oh, um, that's right. And uh, an interesting note: when you use command box as your server, they'll actually and you have the .env module installed, they'll actually be in both places because the .env module adds them all as system properties in the JVM args and. Um, loads them as command box uh, level environment variables, which inherently become part of the environment of the server. So they'll actually show up in both places for command box. Cool, but cool. Yeah, I, yeah, this is one of those things I probably also assumed everybody knew, but I'm sure there's probably people that weren't aware. Um, yeah. Super handy in any kind of cloud um, environment. Especially um, if you want to just dump out all your variables to see what's there instead of having to, you know, Guess I'm about him to worry about messing with Java, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it's much easier just to see up dump the scope for sure. Um, Charlie mentioned something in the chat uh, that server that system that environment is in 2018 as well as 2021. Oh, excellent! I, I had lost track a little bit of when they added that. That's that's good to know that that's been there for a couple versions because it is very handy. Yeah. Um, in Coldbox, we kind of have a wrapper function around that. So if you're in the Coldbox config file, we have one called like Git System Setting or something like that which kind of mimics what I called it in command box. And it basically does this, but we have to use the Java link system to be compatible with, you know, the older versions of Adobe Cold Fusion. Um, at some point, I suppose in the future, we'll be able to actually consolidate around the, the server scope, but. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, next up, we have another one by Ben. And this one is about making SQL queries more flexible with like in MySQL 573. I saw now, him tweet this, and I didn't read it. This was interesting, because I didn't even realize that you can use an underscore match in the like command. So I always use percentage sign, you know, which is like one or many, one or more characters. So you usually use that around something when you're trying to do like a fuzzy search. But he, he talked about using a single character underscore. I didn't know you yeah. could do that. Yeah, I'm pretty certain SQL Server does that. I rarely use it, because I rarely ever have that specific of a use case. Yeah. But it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, and so basically he was, you know, talking about trying to make his own little fuzzy search in this one here. So, you know, and so he's actually using patterns. You'll see like test comment and then design, and then, you know, like these are the things. But he has all these interesting looking things. And I was like, make keywords likable. And so if we go look at that, you'll see his little function here, which, you know, basically does re replaces on stuff. So I was like, it's kind of interesting. So it looks like he's basically just kind of cleaning up what the user is searching on to try to make it a little bit more likely to uh, to actually match something. Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat. Um, and so basically, this is what it comes out like. And so you'll see that he's putting percentages instead of spaces, kind of make it more of a you know almost uh, multi-line fuzzy. Yeah, I like the yeah. idea of taking them apart too and having multiple, you know, like separating them out into multiple um, tokens, you know, and searching that way. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, the tokens still have to be in the right order, but yeah, um, and this this is, does make it a little bit, uh, quite a bit more flexible. I mean, I think everybody sort of knows at some point you have to go to, you know, Elasticsearch or some sort of external engine, but I think a lot of people, you know, aren't there and don't want to deal with it and they just want to be able to use likes, so... Well, full this, text searches the, are pretty amazing in some engines. Like the Postgres one is is really cool. I love that one. Like you know, uh, a I lot mean, of them have full text searches with you know score SQL ratings server, and stuff. Yeah, SQL Server has a full text search. Um, it's a bit of a pain in my opinion, just dealing from like a database backup, like a DBA perspective, because mm. it's not all discontained within the MDB file. It's always like extra stuff you have to do. 
Um, but it's not really portable. If you're writing anything that, you know, you don't know what database engine is going to be ran on, like is kind of like your lowest common denominator. And, you know, this just built into SQL. So yeah, the well, reason, there's a reason why a lot of people kind of just depend on it. For sure. I like his function. His function is called make keywords likable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So next one up from Ben. Told you there's a few from Ben today. So this one was creating a group-based incrementing value in MySQL. And so he said after this, he was told to change, uh, look at the last insert ID, which we'll look at in the next uh, one. But basically, he's trying to leverage a serializable transaction in SQL, um, you know, and he found some hidden gotchas and everything else. But basically, he wanted to, you know, do something that works similar to the Jira thing. And so, yeah, basically, he wanted to do the auto increment, you know, piece. But. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Like, just reading through, looking at dirty reads and colliding values, and I mean, it's a lot, lot more low level than I usually mess with, with a lot of the stuff. And so, he dives into you know the schema, and then right after that, he has another one. So, I think the next one was called, um, yeah, using the last insert ID to do the same thing. So I think, long story I'm short, still- we th- read the second one because he, you know. He, basically that function helped solve some of the things he was trying to solve. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I'm still scrolling through his massively long original posts, trying to figure out what he's doing. I think yeah. he was basically trying to use database transactions to allow basically one, one thread to assign the new ID and retrieve it before another thread could retrieve it. But yeah, I mean that that's that's what the last ID functionality is for. So I don't know why you would ever want to try to build this nonsense by yourself. Well, yeah, uh, the thing is it's like if you insert too really quickly in your last insert ID, if you're not returning it in the query that you're creating it in, you could actually get the wrong one. No, 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 no. Last insert ID is scoped to the session, right? So uh, if there's two connections to your database server, that's two sessions from the database's perspective. Uh, Each of them do an insert each of them say select last insert ID, they get the one from their session. So you, you'll never have to worry about crosstalk there, which is why that is the solution in this case. If you want yeah. to know what it was you just inserted, you always use last insert ID. And that's what ColdFusion uses behind the scenes when you can get back the ID that was inserted. I forget the name of the key. The you can get it key. back. Yeah, generated key. That's literally all it's doing is when you want to get the generated key cold fusion just slaps select last insert onto your sql for you gets it back from the jdbc layer and then sticks it onto your your cf query results okay see i, I thought since cold fusion has a shared pool had shared sessions you could still clash if you had multiple no no people. no 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 yeah because i mean the session the the connection to the database is is open you run the query, you get the last key, and then you, if you don't close it, you return it to the pool. But it all happens within the context of one session. That's all per session. So, okay, you, cool. You, I, I think you, you definitely do not want to try to be serialized or synchronizing that outside of the database. That's going to be wrought with peril. Yeah. So I think that's the, the long story short of this. But I didn't know that you could actually pass an expression into the last insert ID. Yeah, that is uh, new to me as well. What does the expression do? Yeah, that's that's what I was really curious about with this one. And so... Is this what he's doing with the group-based? Yeah. What he means I guess you guys that? have to go read it because uh, it was... Yeah, I read it, but... Yeah, I, I missed mean, this blog post. Somehow I didn't see this. He might he must not have tagged it with Cold Fusion when he tweeted it. Uh, I think he, yeah, I think it was tagged in CFML, but not Cold Fusion. There's a difference. Uh, yeah. So this one here, he's actually passing in the max ticket ID plus one for an update statement. Yeah, I have to do some more research. So he's dug into something pretty deep here. I'm, I'm gonna have to check into it more. So again, like I said, it's really interesting stuff, you know. But another thing from. Zach Spitzer, so we got someone different. Um, he basically wanted to make it an easier guide to get people up and running with Lucy extensions so they could build and test them. So I guess it, you know you have to use Lucy Script Runner and Apache Ant. Uh, he says it's complicated, but this tool chain, he has all the documentation here to make it easier for you. So if you want to do that, he says it's dead simple. So um, definitely want to check that out if you're looking at building Lucy extensions. 
Okay, we already talked about Mark Takata's tweet about the, the Adobe Cold Fusion CF Summit keynote speaker. So Ashley will be doing that um, session. And we have a cool tweet from Ben Adele, but it's just a tweet, so we can read this one in person. <laughs> you have to yeah. read it in Ben Adele's voice, though. Okay, uh, you do it then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he talks. I've only met him a couple times. Yeah, but oh, you don't listen to his podcast? He gets to talk a lot on that. But it's 10.50 a.m. He says, I work in a monolithic Lucy CFML code base, and I just started my third deployment of the day. You know, it's amazing how much work you can get done when you stop worrying about what other people about think about your technology choices. That's right. Confusion can still emoji. keep up. Yep, that's right. So I just thought that was a cool one I wanted to share. You know, like just because you're using a legacy monolith cold fusion, people might give you crap, but uh, you can still get some work done and get stuff deployed. And like three deployments before 11 o'clock is pretty good. So, and then we had a, a blog from uh, Nolan Irk about him speaking at CF Summit. So if you want to find out more about that, um, you know, he's, he's happy to be there presenting again and he wishes he could see your smiling faces in for, um, person, but I guess it'll have to be just virtual. Um, but yeah, so if you want to read more about that and what he's talking about, he have his, has his blog we can share. And then another tweet. This is your tweet of the day. I guess this is tip one for your book, Brad. You want to read this beauty out to us? I tweeted this like three weeks ago. It was still in the, the two-week window. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, I, there's just something I ran locally in command box for a client project I was working on, and it seemed useful. Um, it's just a little one-liner command in command box. It, it, might, it might look like, like something you'd run in bash, but this is something command box will run even on Windows. Um, and it's a little one-liner that will get a unique list of all the data sources you're using in your cold fusion code base. So it uh, cats out all the CFM or CFC files recursively, uh, grabs out all the lines that have data source equals, use the sed, which is the stream editor, to strip out the name of the data source and then pulls a unique list of them. And uh, Pretty I cool. used it for, yeah, I used it for a legacy uh, application that I was helping a client convert from Adobe Cold Fusion 9 to Lucy. And I wanted to get a quick look of all the data sources I needed to make sure I set up a CF config. And so I just typed that out and thought, that could be handy to, to stick out there. Yep, that should be one of your tips in the book. So start your Google Doc list, start putting it in there. I know. <laughs> so we have a, a blog post from Charlie Earhart. Uh, this was just last week, but the return of AWS Lambda support in Cold Fusion 2021 Update 2. Well, kinda. I like, I like that title, Charlie. Mm. <laughs> so uh, he said, some folks may not uh, may have heard or noticed Update 2 returned CEF AWS Lambda support. He's delighted to hear when the he news. says returned, did it go away? Yeah, I'll be update, honest. Update I, 1 broke it. Oh, I don't even follow it enough, nor do I know anybody using it, so <laughs> I hadn't even realized that. So he said wow. the return feature was, a when he figured out what it was about, his excitement dimmed. Um, yeah, I guess mm. it was removed shortly after their initial release. Um, anyway, was basically here, Update 2 only allows you to call AWS Lambda functions from CFML. Uh, it doesn't well, yeah, actually that's create not- them. That's not the same at all. Yeah. So anyway, so if you want to find out more about it, what they're doing, uh, how to use it, etc., cetera, um, he does have a lot of links and details there as usual. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie, for that. But yeah, I was thinking it was back completely too, but yeah, that's pretty much a shell of a of support. Oh, well. Wow. So Stephen Ariat has noticed in the chat that blog CFC is still being rocked by Charlie's blog here, which... Reminds me, weren't you going to help Charlie convert that over to Content Box at some point? Yeah, we got a lot of the way through, and they were waiting for one extra feature that I was In working your copious on. Copious free time. Yeah, I know. I feel really bad every time I talk to Charlie. I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, I know Scott's been helping with some design changes too, but I mean, basically, you know, Charlie's the custom blog is probably the most prolific blog CFC installation still out there. Yep, it is. Yeah, we. Me and Charlie worked with the content box stuff, but we were working on the custom data types. That was the big feature that we needed to add mm, and we didn't have yeah. it. And because we wanted to make Charlie stuff more searchable and everything else. So having the custom data types is what we were waiting for. And it was on the list for content box forever. And yeah, basically got to the point where we're waiting, waiting. I think it's actually there now. So anyways, we'll... On that. Also, yep. Charlie has a little clarification that update one didn't break the like AWS Lambda, it was actually removed. So I guess Adobe appeared to have made a conscious decision to remove it. 
I'm curious. I'm curious if they actually explain that somewhere, like why that happened. Yeah, anyway. I think Charlie said there was a, a blog post about it and it linked. Interesting. Well, the only the only people I know of that are actually like using Cold Fusion CFML on AWS Lambda, like for anything real, is Pete Freitag. Uh, his entire um, not hack my CF uh, the Fixinator Fixinator scan stuff is all run on Lambda, but he uses Lucy and his Fuseless um, oh, implementation. Yeah. So I I haven't actually ran into anybody that was actually using the 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 Cold Fusion stuff. Yeah, well, Charlie said, nope, nowhere. There's no reason for it disappearing. It just disappeared. From If I'm reading the comments out of sync with the timing here. But Charlie has another blog post here about updates for Java 8 and 11 and 17 in October. So uh, this was posted on October 20th, so last week. So it reminds me. So Check and to... see if Adopt is, has published that yet. Yep, because if it is, you got to get it out there, Brad. Get on with it. So anyway, so the no, Java yet. updates are being released for the quarter. So if you want to go check those out and then you can find more information about all these updates yeah. here. So not all the open source um, providers have that update 13 yet for, for Java 11. Yeah. I've, I've had some people asking me about it because hack my CF was already telling them, Hey, your Java's out of date, but the open source builds haven't all caught up and gotten the builds. So yeah, hopefully that'll be fast. And basically, as Charlie said, for the CF audience, you can get Java updates from Adobe now. You should just not use Java 17. So that's just the warning. But again, all right. Java 17 is is several kinds of broken, as I've ticketed in their ticket tracker. Yeah. So (laughs) check that out if you want more information about that. Well, it should be interesting to see how Adobe handles Java 17 because Oracle and several of the the OpenJDK providers are now no longer making JREs as of Java 16 or 17, there's just the full giant JDK and then build your own using JLink. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, but also kind of doesn't actually make sense in a lot of use cases. Because um, one of the sort of arguments going on in the Adopt Open JDK or whatever the crap they call themselves now, Adoptium, is should they still make JREs or should they just push off the responsibility on you know the developers to make their own JRE based on what modules they want? Um, which I think makes a lot less sense in like a cold fusion world where everything is all like dynamic and, you know, loaded via OSGI. And I don't really know what modules are going to be used, but yeah. anyway, that's an interesting thing on the horizon of Java that eventually cold fusion will have to reckon with. Yeah. I, I guess, that. I guess a lot of times if you're a big server thing, then the JDK is fine. And if you're looking for a really small lockdown JRE version, you probably know what modules you want. So maybe that's for the internet of thing type setup where it's like, if you want a JRE built just the way you want it, you can, but I guess you could have yeah, before. The goal is you can make it as small as you want by, you know, emitting certain modules. Um, but I mean, I couldn't tell you, to be honest, what modules in Java command box uses. Heck, I don't know. I always just throw the JRE on my machine and it just works, right? Yep. I'm, you know, I'm not a, a Java developer in that sense. But anyway, it's an interesting landscape that's ever changing right now in Java. Yep. Okay. Well, that wraps up our blog, suites, videos of the week. Thank you, Ben. And, uh, Charlie for your great content there and a couple of us as well. Let's talk about jobs. So we have, um, it looks like about six or eight new jobs this week. So let's check that out on getcfmljobs.com. So we have a cold fusion developer at McLean, Virginia. We have a staff developer too at a remote us site. We're looking for a senior software developer in Java. Location. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a cold fusion engineer at remote. And then we have a, a LATAM, ColdFusion developer LATAM at Colon, Pennsylvania. And then we're looking for a ColdFusion developer for four to six years. I hope, assume experience there, right? Not four to six years old. Um, <laughs> and then, What does it mean by LATAM? It's in Pennsylvania. That's not Latin America. I don't know. Does this, mean, does this mean something else? I don't know. The word LATAM mean. appears nowhere in the actual posting on indeed.com hmm. it says that's 100 Blair's dev Blair's dev sounds familiar why does Blair's dev ring a bell I feel like I ran across someone recently working huh. for Blair's dev I don't know I, I see so many people on slack and the Lucy form I see so many company names they all I've 
I, I can never remember where I've seen stuff. But yeah, Blair's stab just rings a bell. Like I ran across someone recently from there. Interesting. Can't think of why though. Okay, so there's some good jobs there. Again, if you want to post a job, it's free to post there and uh, check it out if you're looking for a job. Fudgebox Forge- module of the week. Ooh. This one is spreadsheet. Some- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Brad. Oh no, I'm just reading the show notes. Spreadsheet CFML. Julian Halliwell. This has been around for a while. Um, but it's got a new I, name. Yeah, this. so he, he renamed it recently. It was CFML. Well, it was, sorry, it was Lucy Spreadsheet. Um, and it wasn't a drop-in replacement for the CF Spreadsheet tag, which is a different project. It was a, a library that let you do the same basic stuff with a slightly different syntax. I think it was a lot more powerful. But I think it always also worked on Adobe, mm-hmm. which is why he changed the name from Lucy Spreadsheet the CFML spreadsheet, which incidentally um, broke some people's bills because he renamed the slug in Forgebox and we didn't have any like protection to be like, wait, before you do it. So he's like, oh, okay, let's rename it. Um, so he renamed it back and then created a second slug, I think, for backwards compatibility. Uh, but yeah, he, just, he wanted to show that it works on Adobe, it works on, on Lucy. And it's supposed to be, I think it's all based on the POI, isn't it? Yeah, it's version 3 now. So basically, if you're using the Lucy spreadsheet before and you want to update to version 3, it's spreadsheet CFML now. And that's available on Forgebox. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're still using the old one, it still works on Adobe. But yeah, I think without changing the name, I mean, people always like, are you really sure it works on Adobe? Or just you're just saying that because... Um, so we always had to explain that, but it's a good pro- yeah. project. I've used it on quite a lot. I do, I do like it and it does use the DOI. And the cool thing is you don't have to actually install it like as an extension in Lucy. If you're using Lucy, it's just a CFC. It does run some um, library files, like some jar files. Um, so you can just make a small little adjustment and get that up yeah. and running. So I think the instructions are on the Forgebox site. So I'll pull that up for those watching. And Julian Hallowell goes by CF Simplicity, so you may recognize him from Twitter and social media by that name. Yeah, I always have to look up his name, I always forget. But yeah, see, it does have a, a library OSGI Java file in the helper. But yeah, I mean, you basically just use simple script like this, um, get a new spreadsheet library dot spreadsheet, you know, query it. Uh, you can add rows and everything. It's pretty neat. I've used it quite a bit. So... It's cool, and it's version 3.0 now, so nice to see. It is shows one version here because this is the new name, but um, the old name, if you pull that up, you'll see the history. It's been around a long time, and very cool. So that is our Forgebox module of the week. I thought I would highlight it since the new name. I know we mentioned that in passing a couple weeks back, but uh, I wanted to highlight it because it's, it's a really cool topic, a uh, really cool tool. Sorry. Okay, next up. This one, I'm, I'm Brad. I think you need to do this for Testbox and Cobots. So VS Code hint tip and trick of the week is called Pony Code. Ooh. Pony Code will actually allow you to create, modify, and visualize your unit tests in seconds, boosting your coverage with AI-powered test generation. This will help you write JavaScript tests. And what the it, heck does that mean? Well, let's look at the screen share, <laughs> and we'll find out. So the kind of the cool thing about it is, is that, you know, you basically have like a little tool where you can write your unit tests and you have your inputs and your assertions and it uses drop down lists and everything. And then it basically, you can run the test right there and generate the code. It actually generates well, basically your appears to be a scaffolding tool. Like it'll scaffold out a bunch of like describe and it blocks for you yep. based on a little kind of GUI. But the so AI generation can... stuff gets a little trickier. I'm not sure how that works. But basically, it figures out some things that you may also want to do. Like, it, it must look at the, the variables in your function and then give you options to be able to add them to your tests. But, yeah, I mean, it generates tests for you. And I'm like, this would be really dang cool if we could add that into our VS Code test box thing. What's interesting is if I – because basically it's like for these five inputs, these are the five outputs – that's a good question is should those all be separate specs or should you have one spec that just binds to data and tests against each of them or an existential question yeah and yeah i'm curious about the ai as well the little animated gifs of documentation don't yeah but it, it works for javascript for just it creates just framework tests right now so we could start using this you know for our stuff now but i'm just like that would be pretty dang cool if we had something like this 
you know now VS Code extension for helping write test box tests. Oh, I yeah. see. So the AI is the little UI. I'm watching the animated GIF here. The UI gives you suggestions yep. of additional inputs and outputs that are probably edge cases that you wouldn't think of. Yep. And then you can you can click and say, yeah, I'll take this one, this one, this one, and add it to the scaffolding. Yep, exactly. That is interesting. So I see they support TypeScript, JavaScript, and Python. Yeah, I'm so curious what it takes to add another language. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because sure. if we're doing JavaScript style, you know, CF script tests, it's not that different. Right. When, when Luis created TestBox, he copied a lot from the BDD style of the Jasmine JavaScript framework. So yeah. I think it would be a very, very short distance to go from, you know, the JavaScript example to uh, a TestBox example. That's why I told you you got another job. Or I guess we I, could. I'm, <laughs> I have too many jobs. I don't want any more jobs. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be you, but I thought that was pretty cool. And that would be a pretty cool thing to show off once we get it working. So, uh, yeah. But Pony Code, so if you're using JavaScript right now, you can have it help you write some JS tests. And then hopefully in the future, you can write some test box tests too. I think that's pretty cool. Hope you guys like that one. And uh, yeah, go check it out. I'm going to be, that's for sure. So last but not least, we want to thank all of our awesome Patreon supporters. Right, Brad? Absolutely. smurfly. Yep. Even if they rob banks to do it, we still appreciate them. Mm, just don't let us know. Yep. All right. Want to read the names? Well, let's just do a quick uh, reminder of what you get as a oh, as a absolutely as a patron supporter. So we do have annual annual memberships now. So if you pay for the year, you can save ten percent. You know, so it's the end of the year coming up. You got a budget you want to blow? Blow it on us. Uh, save ten percent. And then if you're uh, just a, any supporter, any patron supporter, you get. Um, your own private forum access on the community website. You'll also get a special profile badge for the community website too. So uh, that's really cool. Uh, Autos community is live and kicking. So be a member, get a special badge. And then if you've got a bronze package or up, you get a Forgebox Pro account and a CFCast subscription as a perk for your Patreon subscription. So that means all the Into the Box videos from this year, last year, and everything else would be pretty dang cool. So we have a lot of... Uh, a lot of people supporting us and yeah your turn to read the names brad or is it mine um go ahead i think i did it last time okay so let's uh thank all our awesome patron supporters so thank you john wilson from synaptrix eric hoffman gary knight mario rodriguez giancarlo gomez david bellinger jonathan perrett jeffrey mcgee from sunstar media dean maunder joseph lamory don bellamy jan yannick laxmo tirohari calvin stanton Dan Card, Jeremy Adams, Jordan Clark, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, Ben Nadal, Mingo Hagen, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Sean Oden, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Manji, Kevin Wright, and Stephen Klotz. So thank you, everybody. And thanks to Dan Card, who just upped his membership. So I think he went from, um, he went up a couple of levels in his membership. So thank you, Dan, for, uh, you know, pitching even more of your hard-earned money to help us. So thank you for that. And if you guys want to see their pretty faces, if you go to autosolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors, you will see all their pretty faces and their names on there. So thank you, everybody, because without you, Autos wouldn't be able to do a lot of the projects they're doing, like this podcast and Command Box and Forge Box and College Box and Content Box and Test Box and box every box. other, yeah, and Box, Box, Box. All so. the boxing exactly so we appreciate it we appreciate your time and energy and your hard-earned money supporting us so don't forget hacktober you got a few more days to get your uh, hacktober fest pull requests in uh make sure you do that and uh david had a good suggestion if you want to use penny code to write write tests for your code you can use github copilot to write your code itself and then you don't have to do any work yourself so <laughs> ai for the win right I, I can't wait until until computers and robots just write all my code for me. I'm, I'm, I was promised, Elon Musk told me this would happen, so let me know when they're here. Yeah, I, I for one, welcome our new robot overlords to write my code. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you watch that movie on Netflix where the robots take over from the cell phone company? Um, oh, it was a really good movie. I, I loved it. I watched it with my kids. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Talking about the Will Smith one? 
No, I Robot or whatever. No, no, no. There's a more recent one. Um, oh, 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 the, the Mitchells. The Mitchells, yeah, yeah. So, that was a really funny movie. I enjoyed that. The I Mitchells versus the, the Machines. You yes. guys gotta watch it. It was really cute. It was so the funny. Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was funny stuff. Yeah, I love that. So that that's what I think about when everyone talks about AI. So uh, go check it out because it. <laughs> it's, the, the robots were kind of dumb, but you know, comedy. Yeah, for sure. So. And yes, Stephen Eret in the chat. I do remember buying all these Illudium P thirty eight code generator. I used to use that. Yeah, be back in the day, for sure. Where was the boom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. <laughs> Too funny. Yep. Cool guys. Well, right. thanks everybody We're for joining here. us on this special Wednesday. Sorry, we'll be back to our normal time next week on Tuesday. So you guys have a great week, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.